Here are seven avoidable reasons people give up on their fat loss journey, all of which are common mistakes. And today we're going to go through how you can avoid them so you can stay on track. What you're ironically doing is actually encouraging your body to hold on to those uh, fat storages because it needs to survive. It's basically in a state of shock just because of that drastic caloric uh, reduction. Losing fat can be as simplistic as being on a caloric deficit, or it can be as complicated as adhering to the rules of a brand new fad diet that, that promises fast results. On today's show, we go through a number of common mistakes people make as Richard shares his experience from training thousands of clients over a decade and how you can implement solutions to these mistakes to keep you on track with your fat loss journey from today and onwards. Welcome back to Fitness Facts, where we dispel fitness myths with facts and use the science to get you fit now and for good. Jumping straight into the first mistake, which is being in too drastic of a caloric deficit or generally reducing food intake too drastically. Yeah, so, you know, when we first want to start our fat loss journey, you know, summer's around the corner, you know, you're, 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 you're one week out from your music festival, <laughs> <laughs> you're one day yeah. out maybe, <laughs> you're, you're scrambling, man, you're, you're, just, you're just trying to find a way to, to lose that body fat. So the motivation's really high, the discipline's initially very good. Uh, what we, uh, one of the biggest mistakes that you do is uh, you just cut food out and sometimes uh, too much out. And that's a really big mistake because, yes, you 100% lose weight, but uh, the downside or the drawbacks is the weight that you lose, most of it would not be fat. Um, you know, it would be literally a lot of it is probably water weight. Um, you know, a lot of times people will purposely starve themselves for a few days and yeah, they might see that scale sort of drop a few kilos or a few pounds. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of times it's actually just uh, your water just being depleted. Uh, carbohydrate is carbohydrates is also depleted, and then yeah, potentially muscle, which is really bad. And then probably the fourth or like the last thing that goes probably the fat, um, because your body is um, evolutionary wants to it, it stores fat uh, really well, and it, it's really stubborn when it comes to fat loss because it's for our survival, and so. If you drastically cut those calories, your body will basically think that it's you know something's wrong. You know, I'm, I'm, I need I need to function and I need energy. So what I'm going to do? I'm going to hold on to these um, these fats tissue because fat is energy. It's stored energy. So what you're ironically doing is actually encouraging your body to hold on to those uh, fat storages. Because it needs to survive. It's, it's basically in a state of shock just because of that drastic caloric uh, reduction. Out food, um, it will not work in the long run. And also, a lot of times, uh, you're going to have a massive bounce back, especially with a lot of people that do crash diets. What they found is a lot of times people will actually, once they sort of start eating again, they'll overindulge because they've been deprived of all those foods. And yeah, they just almost gain more weight back uh, than versus when they first initially started this uh, weight loss journey. Exactly right. I mean, if you stop eating food, your body's going to say, this guy is dying right now. I need to <laughs> do all I can <laughs> to stay alive. 
yeah yeah it's like holy <laughs> shit there's no food coming in the thing is like 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 it's it's a survival mm. mechanism so it's based on like evolutionary like cavemen styles basically like you know back in the days like you probably ate like once a day right and so you know those winters you know before technology was there and so our body doesn't know that there's like a 7-eleven and mac is yeah. just down the road so we can just like chill we can live together it's you know it's just like this we, we our bodies haven't evolutionarily developed to like what we have today so it's still in that mode where yeah if you cut calories all of a sudden it's gonna freak out so the practical step here is to cut the calories out nice and slow and you might not want to reduce calories on a weekly basis. You might even do one week where you reduce calories and the next week you sort of maintain. So you sort of go down, flatline, down, flatline. And the slower you go, the better your adherence, the more realistic it can be achieved. And the more muscle um, you're going to actually be holding onto. Um, and you actually do want muscle because that's going to give you that nice structure and look um, and that leanness that you want. Yeah, absolutely right. So if you're finding value in our information, push the like button and subscribe if you're on YouTube like it's push day. And if you're on Apple or Spotify, push the follow button. So the next mistake is people doing exercises they don't enjoy. Yeah, um, I think we talked about this uh, really briefly. One of our first episodes was like, you know, what's the best workout program or the best modality and essentially it's 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 whatever you feel or want to do you know what's it whatever that is going to bring you into the gym whatever it's going to get you into those classes or you know get you out and about and being active um there's no sort of cookie cutter um gold standard sort of program that you really need to like sort of stick to if you don't enjoy it i think enjoyment is the key here because it's not a phase that you should be seeing for fat loss as in okay i'm in my fat loss stage now all right i'm gonna get fat again and i'm just getting fat loss again it's in and out and it's a lifestyle approach and if it's something that you find that's very enjoyable then you most likely you're going to stick to it and then it'll probably be something that's with you for the rest of your life so i think i think that's something that um people should understand is like there's no like you know my way is the best way you know, I think a lot of times we get too caught up in the word best. You know, what is the best uh, program to lose fat? What is the best food to eat for fat loss? It's, it's whatever you can fit into your schedule, your enjoyment level, and something that you can actually adhere to long term. Um, it's an oxymoron, you know, lose fat fast. It's, imp it's, yeah, it's impossible. Yeah, exactly right. And even between us, we have vastly different um, exercises that we enjoy. You know, uh, we both like weightlifting. But, you know, you like mm. wrestling and I like boxing to pretend like I'm <laughs> Manny Pacquiao. Uh, and yeah, uh, <laughs> me too. I, I like to <laughs> wrestle and pretend that I'm some fucking, some athlete, <laughs> double leg fucking, you know, <laughs> think, I'm, think I'm some grappling master. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's my way to uh, burn a bit more calories. And I'm sure with your, with your boxing, it's, an, it's a skill, but also something you enjoy where burning yeah. calories versus i know a friend of mine that uh loves to do 10k runs on the treadmill and that's for me that's crazy that's uh that's yeah, torture yeah, that's same. uh you know i'll tell you I, you know if if, you, if the if i got interrogated and they made me run on the treadmill yeah, i'll tell I'm you i'm spilling the beans snitching. Yeah. i'm yeah, rat i'm rat I'm, <laughs> I'm bro 
uh, he, he, she, him, they all did it. I'm, yeah. You cannot make me do a 10K run yeah. on a treadmill. But some people really enjoy, for example, the Stairmaster. They like that slow-paced walking, you know, with a hoodie on, put, put the headphones on, listen to a podcast, like fitness facts, you know. Uh, that, that sounds actually, great, actually. I think actually. that's probably the best way to... <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, I think that, that, that's probably the optimal way. That's actually, you should all be doing that, to be honest. Yeah. But it goes, like, if, if, if you don't like that, uh, if you don't like uh, walking on the treadmill, then you don't have to be resigned to doing that. So just find the exercise that you enjoy. And maybe that takes some time in, in, in figuring what that actually is. So the next mistake is underestimating your calorie intake. So in a previous episode with Foxy Xiong, a uh, Gymshark-sponsored uh, New Zealand athlete, we learned about how he gets his six-pack. And his approach was to take uh, quite a methodical approach to measuring his caloric intake. And you should check out that episode as he provides some detailed insight as a step-for-step guide on how he gets his six-pack. But on the other hand, Richard, what's another approach for uh, measuring your caloric intake that you take, uh, which we've also covered on a previous episode, uh, but is actually a surefire way to make sure that you're not underestimating it? Yeah, so... You, you essentially have to find the your correct maintenance calories. So, you know, if, you, if you're like boxy, um, you know, someone that's very numbers orientated and driven, you might do the whole calorie counting. You might, you might even have an Excel spreadsheet or notes or like a daily uh, tracker um, that you keep tabs on, on sort of the food you eat. What I found with some of my clients that aren't really into numbers and they're more of a visual learner. So I like to sort of get them to do a food diary. And a food diary is a really great way as well to estimate or guesstimate. But it's it's fairly, um, it's not as, I'd say, accurate, but it's it's pretty good if you stick to it. That's the key. So I'll give you an example. So I always like to start with breakfast or the first meal of the day. And I like to sort of tell my clients, keep that rough, basically consistent. So I would get them to take a picture, you know, on their smartphone every day of that first meal that they eat. And I tell them, you know, if you can keep that first meal, say, five out of the seven days consistent, then, you know, I'd say you, you, we, we can sort of, we have established a baseline of your habits for that first meal. So I'll give you an example. I tell my clients to maybe take a picture of their first meal. They'll send me a picture of their um, oats with a banana and a coffee. So I'd say, okay, can you just, from Monday to Friday, keep that same portion and same type? And then if they can do that, then we can work on the second meal, then the third meal and, fi- and the fifth, uh, third meal and fourth, fourth meal. And so then over the many weeks, I'll actually have essentially a spreadsheet of all these pictures of what he's been eating. And from that, I have an actual visualization. Um, and I can see very clearly of basically the portions and the type of food he's eating. And from that, I can actually start slowly maybe reducing the portion size and taking that away. And then from the client, they actually can visually see what I'm doing. And it just makes it easy for them to adhere to versus me telling you eating, you eat 450 calories for meal one. It's like, what does that even mean? But if I show you what 450 calories look like because you show me the picture of what you're eating, 
it's just easy to understand. So you might say, okay, meal one, I eat oats and a banana and a coffee. Next week, I just need you to eat the same thing, but maybe half a banana. It's like, oh, yeah, I get it. It's just really just taking a small portion away. Yeah, yeah. and that uh, approach to just making small adjustments uh, was one that we went through with pro bodybuilder Henry Lin on a previous episode as well. So definitely check that one out as well. But you can see that there are different approaches that you can take, but ultimately uh, they go towards ensuring that your caloric intake is measurable because underestimating it with high-density caloric foods uh, like oil and peanut butter can be uh, the reason why you're underestimating your caloric intake. So, Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want to say, like, a lot of people don't understand what, what calories mean and look like. So sometimes it does pay to just quickly Google, you know, how much is actually in peanut butter. And I think a lot of people will be surprised. You know, one of the biggest things I was shocked by is Big Bean Pies. Uh, you know, if, if you grew up in New Zealand, you'll know Big Bean Pies. It's the iconic, it's, it's, it's the signature pie. And it was like 500 calories for like this mince and cheese pie. And I was like, holy crap. So if I eat four of those, I'm done <laughs> for the day, basically, for an average adult. I'm done. Just the casual, like, just the casual two four for like, Big Bean Pies. <laughs> but I eat like two yeah, for like two, lunch. Yeah. Never, you know, that's, that's a thousand. That was like a thousand yeah. calories. That's that's half your intake yeah. for lunch. But I got like four lectures left. It it hits different when you're <laughs> like, not in in school. When you were in school, man, that could hit two, no problem. But these days, uh, it it hits yeah. a bit different. Yeah. So definitely, like, look up certain foods that you regularly eat, like just on Google, a quick Google search, just so you know, like what you're actually taking in. Because sometimes they don't realize that, yeah, a lot of these foods have higher calories than you actually Yeah, perceive. that's a great point. Maybe we'll, we'll cover uh, high caloric dense foods uh, in, a, in a future episode just to... Oh, that'll be good. Like the, the five hidden high foods that you might think that it's yeah, low. Yeah. I don't know. Like exactly. The... Nice one. Okay, the next mistake is focusing too much on weight on the scale yeah i think weight is a great uh indicator of how you're doing but it's it's also sometimes we get too caught up in the numbers because we might you know i know people that weigh themselves every every day uh and and the thing is weight your whole body weight can be manipulated mm. so easily just through water intake i mean one liter of water is one kilo and it's pretty easy to just you know drink you know, a few liters of water a day, especially if you're having a really intense, you know, uh, session in the gym throughout the day or very intense days were quite hot. So you might drink a lot of water. And a lot of times we have food, you know, along with food, you know, you might have a lot of salty food. And we know that, you know, salty food where salt is, uh, you know, it promotes water retention. So you can wake up in the morning at 80 kilos and after that day ends, you're like 84 kilos, you know, before you take a big shit. <laughs> and, you know, we know dumps. Man, I'll yeah, tell you, man. you feel a lot lighter. Some of them, you, you oh, you got yeah. the hops. Yeah. You're, you're, oh, you're quick. You're, you're nimble. Yeah. You're, you're... But, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. You know, maybe, maybe you, you, you got some, you, have, you know, low fiber. You, you, your shit's backed up. Yeah. And then you're holding a bit more extra weight. Yeah, that's a, a few kilos here and there. And you might, 
yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing to do with your actual fat loss. So if somebody is uh, weighing themselves every day, what is the best way for them to utilize that information? Is it to take a weekly average or how, or should they just uh, measure themselves weekly? How, how, should, how should the weight be measured? I'd say uh, weekly, especially if you're really consistent of the um of your routine so you know monday to sunday your i'd say your routine both your eating and exercise routine is roughly quite the same um that's good because then you can actually know that if this routine is working for you or not the key thing is honestly the the Mm -hmm. time as well Mm -hmm. the consistency so if you know you want to weigh yourself every monday morning at 7 a.m um empty stomach um no clothes on you know you just went to the bathroom then you should then following like you should keep the same um, variables. Yeah, uh, but I'd, I'd say yeah, the, the weight is just part of it. Another one is also waist c- circumference. I think that's a mm-hmm. better indicator, in my opinion. Uh, it's much better. Uh, so I recommend even waist circumference maybe once every two weeks. So basically, just um, measuring your uh, the stomach area, so uh, where the belly button is. That's where you want to measure. Yeah. And uh, on your point about how weight can be manipulated in a previous episode we talked with mma fighter nate law about how uh, he and others in the combat industry uh, make the target weight for their fights and a lot of it has to do with water manipulation so definitely check out that episode uh, as it'll give you a better understanding of how weight can be affected so you can worry less about the scale next time you step on So the next mistake is starting new diets today and then a new diet tomorrow. So while there's an element of finding the thing that you like, just changing diets for the sake of diets, is that really effective? Yeah, probably not. I think uh, the key is just being consistent with something that works for you and only you. Um, Obviously, we should still operate within evidence-based practice and operate within reason. Um, and we shouldn't be following sometimes fads or trends. Uh, I know every few months there's always some sort of thing that pops up with maybe some celebrity or, you know, someone on YouTube that's trying this new thing. And then, you know, all these miracle results pop up and you're like, you know, maybe I got to try that. Just, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about calories in versus calories out. If you look at the Atkins diet, if you look at the paleo diet, um, if you look at the keto diet, you know, what, what do they all three have in common? Caloric deficit, you know. Besides that, they manipulate, obviously, the macros, right? Low carb, high carb, high fat, low fat. None of that stuff matters if you're not in a deficit. And that's one of the biggest, like, industry secrets is none of these diets work if you're not in a deficit in terms of fat loss. So get that. Um, first locked in. So make sure whatever you're doing right now, the current fad diet you're in that you want to get into, make sure you're actually on a deficit first. I mean, if they tell you to eat, you know, kale and salads and all that, if you still eat kale and salads on a surplus, unfortunately, I'm sorry, that's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of kale though. <laughs> that would be, that would be oh, a lot of Lord, kale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah. I'm waiting for the celebrity endorsement of acai bowls. Um, it's, it's one that, it's one that East, nah, yeah, Eastern yeah. suburbs I mean, I mean, of Sydney can get behind. 
Absolutely. And 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 I can I can speak personally. Um, you know, we talked about this as well. Like you have to post a picture of the acai bowl. <laughs> it, it is essential that people know that acai is not just a food, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, acai bowl, so you, every time you eat it, you just feel better. Yeah. I'm just okay. better than you. Exactly, way more superior. I'm just I'm just better than you every single way. I I I've, I've optimized my body. I've prepared myself. When did yeah. Big Acai brainwash me? Because I don't know why I feel so strongly about this. <laughs> oh, I can I can tell you exactly when it brainwashed you, Shavi. It's the year, date, and month when you touched down in Sydney. <laughs> That's literally the day you changed. They're, 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 un- they're undercover acai, at the airport. <laughs> Brother, I've never heard you talk about Acai while you're in Auckland, man. Acai, no, no, no. This is a Sydney... Exclusive, yeah. When you moved to Sydney, that shit was you're on them bowls, man. I see your bowls. <laughs> Definitely. All right, the next mistake: comparing yourselves to others. Yeah, I think uh, as a as a as a as a Chinese, <laughs> you know, as, as an Asian, we've 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 man, we've we've experienced this trauma. I'm sure, Xavi, uh, with yep. Filipino roots, it's it's always you know your cousin's doing yeah, this, yeah. you know. Your nephew's doing that, you know? Your brothers and sisters doing mm. this. What are you doing? And, uh, yeah, sometimes we get caught up in comparing ourselves to others, you know? Not just for my parents, but ourselves. And one thing is you have to really take into account is genetics. It, it, it plays a huge part. Um, like, your height, your cultural background, the, 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 um, your lifestyle, you know? Even stuff like muscle insertions. Like, you know, people don't know this, but, you know, like six-pack abs, um, there's different shapes. So people are born with genetically different shapes of their muscles. And if you look at everyone's abs, uh, even if you look at, like, you know, pro-Olympian bodybuilding shows, when they're shredded to the bone, you can actually visibly see their abs. Everyone has a different shape. You can't train that shape. So even that as an example is that, yeah, at the end of the day, you have to work with what you got. I think even in the gym, you know, the boys want to outbench each other. You know, I want to bench two plates. You know, my boy benching three plates. And you're like, oh, damn. You, you. guys are benching two plates? Damn you, genetics. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> uh, Must be nice, day. eh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah. It's, it's just, it, it's hard to, like, tell people not to do it. But I'd say it's, it's um, you could, you could draw inspiration from them. You know? I think what's good is if you can look at someone that maybe has a similar build to you. Maybe that's a great sort of uh, way to not compare, but use that as like an inspiration to what's possibly achievable if it's someone that looks like you. Um, for example, I uh, look at Henry and I'd say, you know, maybe I can look lean like him because me and him are both six foot and we're, we're Asian, you know, and we have similar uh, body types. And so that gives me like a bit more inspiration but you know if i compare myself to you know uh maybe boxy uh it's probably harder for me because he he's just a different yeah he's just a different uh build yeah or chris yeah. bumstead or whoever or nate is. yeah <laughs> or, Bumstead, or or nate because he's he's tall and he's yeah, white yeah. you know I, I you know I, uh, even though i am tall but <laughs> nate's taller <laughs> yeah i mean the, the point is so individual yeah. circumstances like like time, you know, access to the gym, nutrition, like available, uh, you know, foods that, that certain people might be able to afford, 
you know, all of these sorts of things are individual in nature. And so, you know, there's no point in, in comparing yourself to others, rather to yourself. Yeah. And I'll just quickly add, like, even with social media, like all these dudes are on drugs. Yeah. Like Nate Diaz, the great philosopher, once said, you're all on steroids. And like, you'd be surprised, like how many people in this day and age are just on some sort of hormonal gear, like mm. supplement. Yeah, supplement. And um, a lot of them sometimes even claim natural. So it's one of those things that it's just so diluted that we have set ourselves these unrealistic expectations um, on what can be achievable naturally as well. So just I think we should also yeah take that with a grain of salt that a lot of these athletes and influencers are on a shit ton yeah. of drugs. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one for, for a future episode as well. And then the next mistake is thinking results come fast. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's an oxymoron, you know? Um, you, it's like learning a skill. You, you can't get good at a guitar or a piano mm-hmm. overnight. You have to work at it. Uh, you have to put reps in it, time in it. And so, you know, if you want to lose weight, uh, you know, a good weight, you have to remember that, you know, it takes time and consistency. You know, a very easy sort of rule of thumb, I'd say, is, um, you know, 1% of your body weight uh, each week is going to be something that's the maximum that you want to be doing. You know, that's how slow you might say 1%. That's nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's nothing because it's, it's, it's good weight that you want to lose. Uh, you know, and even with muscle burning, muscle burning, sorry, muscle gaining, uh, they're saying, you know, you, if you're on a bulk, you probably don't want to do more than 0.5% of your body weight each week. Yeah. Um, and that's, it sounds like nothing, but if you times that by six months, you're going to get good quality um, lean muscle tissue built. And if you times that by six months with someone that's on a you know a deficit, you're going to get good quality fat loss. So it's all about time. And um, I will say though, the bigger you are in terms of your starting point, yes, you can probably lose way more fat initially but just like everything it will slow down eventually as you get leaner and leaner so i will say first assess how lean are you um what's your starting point you know someone that's very heavy or um, excessively overweight compared to you oh yeah they can probably drop a couple of kilos a week that's Mm. fine yeah it all depends on your starting point yeah and and that's the case in the inverse as well when you're starting out lifting and gaining muscle you gain a lot at the beginning but uh, at the end of the day yeah uh it, it tapers off and so for sustainable long-term fat loss you have to think about it in in the long term yeah i think it was even boxy that said like he all the muscles that he's gained in the last like a decade most of it was gained within that first like three four mm. years or something yeah you know it's it's just that quest of just trying to like squeeze like yeah like the, the drops remaining yeah. of gains naturally <laughs> like you're just it, it's funny even with like your lift like with um lifting weights like your pbs like you oh man those newbie gains the first like couple of years like every week was like a personal best whether it's like reps or like sets or like weight and then now it's like man you, you, you've sort of maxed yeah. out that there's it's so hard to sometimes you know find a pb because you've been lifting for so long yeah, yeah. Uh, these reasons are the reason that you have given up on fat loss in the past hopefully you can find a solution to this and not give up on your journey
And then join us next week for more facts. Bye for now.